You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here we go. Episode 46 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. This is Chad Bitten, your host, with Colin Bluen and, and Rich Howe. How's the Preds fans doing tonight? How is Colin Bluen and Rich Howe Rich doing tonight? How are you doing? I'm doing better than Preds Twitter is. And, yeah, Preds social media in general. <laughs> um as a, as, a, as a person, I'm fine. As a Preds fan, I'm not so happy. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Preds fans are having a hard time right now. Uh, we're all there with you. We are right here with you. This is the Catfish and Ice Podcast. And we got Rich Howe over there with a new camera angle and with a new hat that I wish I had right now. Honestly. He's looking sharp. We're ready to go. Ready to bring you episode 46. And after watching game two, I got to tell you, you got to dig deep right now. Yep. We have to dig deep because that was a rough, that was a rough game. And that was brother- way, way harder than game one. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that was a hard game. They didn't give you your birthday gift no, either. That was the opposite of a birthday present, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, the Preds didn't catch the memo on the birthday gift, but it's okay. It's okay, because guess what? I've always said this. I've always said this. You don't know how the the playoff series is going to go until the road team wins. And the Preds are coming home for game three. That's the game. That's the game where we really decide how is this series going to go. But it's rough, and this is what we're getting into for episode 46 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and brought to you by DraftKings. We are about to get into what happened in game two. Uh, Preds went 0 for 7 on the power play. That's the worst part about this. That's what we're all talking about. 0 for 7 on the power play. You can't overlook it. So... That's that's really two games in a row where the Preds had a chance to maybe steal a game, quote unquote, and they couldn't do it. Nope. Yeah, this this, this one was worse. Like you said. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, it'd be one thing if we didn't if we were you know in the game somewhat. We were in the game. That's the thing that's frustrating is that you know for the longest time it was one nothing and then. Really, we just never were able to mount a comeback in terms of just getting any kind of goal support whatsoever. UC Soros played well. You know, everybody else. I think even the defense, you know, held up pretty well. There was some times where Good Branson got burned, but you know, other than that, like we you know, we were in it until the very end. It was one zero until pretty much the very end of the game, and we just could not find a way to capitalize. Um, and so it's incredibly frustrating when you know the the team could come away with it, or at least get you know get into overtime and then see what happens. And we just can't do it. And the power play is a big reason why for that. So, 
it was just, yeah, just tough to watch just to see them. We lost Chad. It's yeah. just tough to watch just to see them struggle, you know, to, to even get in a position to score. And that was what was the worst part about the yeah. whole thing. Well, and I mean, seven times, like seven, seven times in the power play. And it's the same thing. Like there was never, it, it, you figure with, you know, with a couple times, like if you have, you know, two or three tries, like maybe you don't necessarily change things up by the fourth try when you're not putting something in the back of the net, like something's got to give or something's yeah. got to change or something. I mean, the, the personnel might've even changed, but the approach was still the same. I think that's the biggest problem is that it, it's still either the dump and chase or the perimeter passing. If you can even get in through the neutral zone. Um, but I mean, their, their chances, like their percentage or their goals, uh, expected goals from the, on the power play was higher than ours in the power play. Like when they were penalty killing, they had a higher expected yeah. goals than we did as we were on the power, power power play. So it's just ridiculous that we had to kind of go through that process of watching that over and over again. I mean, Carolina for every, for all intents and purposes, like if you look at the power play, they should have lost that game. I mean, oh, yeah. a, a team, a team that commits seven penalties that puts themselves in that situation, you know, yeah. it usually does not come back and, and to see, you know, what, what happened with us was just, it was brutal. So. It was really tough. It was the, it was tough to watch. Like when they were on the power play, Carolina did not look like they were had a man down at all. They, you know, no. it, it's that's just how good they are. I mean, they're just that good of a team. So and and I, and I get it. They're fast, but it's one of those things where. It, we're predictable too. Like it doesn't help like when a team is fast, but then we're predictable and you can see how we're trying to transition through the ice, how we're trying to do various things, you know, to keep, you know, keep it going. And, and really they're prepared for every bit of it. They're prepared in the neutral zone to, to you know, get, kill it there. They're prepared in, you know, when we're getting the offensive zone and we're doing the perimeter passing and trying to circle around, they know how to break it up because it's just so there's no nuance to it. Like it's the same things that we've seen, we've seen before. Um, and, my frustration, I think, is that it's it's repeated repeated mistakes, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into it here in a little bit when we talk about John Hines and you know what his uh, press conference, or if you want even want to call it that, what that was like. But for me, like I, I get so frustrated in seeing like the same things happening over and over again that we've seen all season that have kind of plagued us. You know, like it's one thing if we are just experiencing new new problems, new challenges. Um, but it's another thing entirely when it's the same mistakes we've made before that we've seen all season long and nothing changes the system, the approach is still the same. It makes you think like the reason we're in the playoffs is because the grit and tenacity of the players. And eventually that wears down. You have to have some sort of system. Once you're in playoff hockey, it's no longer, you know, heart is a factor, I guess, but it's no longer just a matter of, you know, players with their determination. It's gotta be a matter of how can we have a system that's going to be successful and, Teams have shown they'll exploit it and they'll show how unsuccessful that system is. So, I just it, it would be nice to see some sort of adjustment or something, and we have not gotten any of that. Yeah, and when you look at like, if you look at what you know the the times they did play Carolina all season, truthfully, if you look at it, they really only I mean they beat them twice, but they technically only beat them the one time to get in the playoffs. The second yeah. game, I mean, it was great and all, but you know it was just like a. I don't even know what you want to call it, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of taxi squad guys on there. Taxi squad, yeah, and they didn't have their guys in, but it makes you it makes you think like they don't have a plan to beat Carolina at all. No, I mean they just don't. He doesn't have a solve for that. And if you can't it's, solve for that, how are you going to solve for Tampa Bay or Florida if you get, if you're lucky enough to get past that? And it's just that's the I mean, they, 
and they look they look like the cream of the crop right now. It's I mean, granted, Carolina hasn't been challenged, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like you know, with Carolina, we we looked good in the in the first game against them. I think in the season mm-hmm. before the, their COVID stuff happened, um, but that was really not that was one sample. And then the kind of the bigger sample is like, okay, we can't hang with these guys. And wow. I think his his pr- approach is you know that physicality. That's why Brad Richardson is still inexplicably in the lineup over Rocco Gamaldi. Mm-hmm. Is because Richardson brings a little bit more on the physical edge, but realistically, like that—that's not getting it done. I mean, the, the, no. the first night, the first game against them, I know we had it was like what, 54, 51 hits for them, forty-nine hits for us. Yeah, still didn't ultimately slow them down. The same, you know, it wasn't the same last night, but it was similar numbers as far as just the number of hits we're, we're laying out, and that's all well and good. We've got a physical line now where we have a lineup that looks physical a little bit more than it did top to bottom, you know, a couple of years ago, but, and the herd line makes a, a huge difference, but that can't be all that we do because no. they're too, they're too well-rounded of a team. I mean, with their speed, if we're not matching speed somewhat, that's why it doesn't make sense to me that, you know, our fifth leading score in Rocco Grimaldi is not in the lineup. I mean, I just, I, I just don't know how you look at your lineup and you look at the guys that have scored goals for you all season and you look at Rocco Grimaldi and you're like, nah, don't want him in there. I mean, what else do you have to lose right now? Because right now we're getting kind of embarrassed with just, you know, the fact that it'd be one thing to get blown out. I don't know if I'm, would you be more blown out if it was, or if you, would you be more embarrassed if it was like a 4-0 blowout or the fact that we, are you more embarrassed by the fact that we had seven power plays and didn't get a goal in every, in any of them? I think it's the, it's the, the power play. That is embarrassing. I think I remember seeing, I think it was Adam Bingen or somebody put something on Twitter. It was like, I don't know how far back it went. But they're like twelve for seventy-seven in the postseason on power plays, and that's just—I mean, that is awful. I mean, there's just no yeah. reason for that to happen. I mean, even in the the 2017 run, that was a 15.9 percent power play percentage. Because I was looking at, I'm like, it hasn't always been this bad. Now our penalty kill that year was f- fantastic; it was 85 percent, um, and our penalty kill has been doing well so far. Far for us, yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For that's the one thing is that there's so much like. It's frustrating that we can't score five on five too, because you know you look at our penalty kill. Our penalty kill has started out so you know so so strong in terms of what we've been able to do. You know, for just being able to to stop the number one power play team or one mm-hmm. of the, one of the top five power play teams in the AHL on a consistent basis. I mean, we've looked really good in that. Even you know the Hollis situation that was frustrating to see. You know, him you know, off the ice because of the fight. Which was kind of frustrating because it didn't seem like he was the only one that was instigating that. But then, yeah. um, you know, you have Ekholm also. It's so, so it was one of the things where it's like, at first, you know, first glance when the game was early last night, I was like, okay, our two, you know, two of our better penalty killers are the ones that are spending time in the box. This isn't going to end well. But we held strong, and so, you know, to see that, and then not on the flip side, of that not get any kind of power play goals, and even on five on five, not generate anything whatsoever. I mean, I know Tolvanen was back, and it was good to see him, and he did get some shots. So I appreciate that because. Honestly, he's getting chances, and, and that's what we need is just to see something go towards the net. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there are things like Brad Richardson. I'm sorry, but, like, the guy's not a bad guy. He's a, he's a good player. He's well, a good physical player. And I think in a different system, maybe he works and functions better. Um, and maybe it is that recency bias of the fact that he did score on us in, you know, the, the bubble when we were eliminated yeah. from the uh, the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Rocco, Rocco has done so much. I mean, Brad Richardson has one goal in 17 games. Rocco has 10, 40. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, is it, you know, great odds? No, but it's still a better scoring threat than Brian Richardson is. And right now we can't buy a goal. Yeah. I can see, I can see where Hines, um, what he was trying to do in the first game with, you know, size or whatever. But when you get beat, like Sebastian Ajo is like, 
so fast. And like all their guys are like really fast skaters. You know, when you get beat and you have these breakaways that like if you didn't have UC Soros, you'd be screwed because, you know, he yeah. stopped several of those. But you'd think after a little bit, you would kind of get the picture that's like, okay, size isn't going to get it with these guys. We need some faster skaters, which would mean you need to put in like Grimaldi, take out Richardson. Definitely it was good of them to uh, put Benning in. He's a faster skater on defense. It's just well, – I just don't think balance. Well, I think you can balance out the size too, right? So like you can say yeah. – you can put someone like a Grimaldi in with maybe like a, a Hala and – um, or possibly like a, even a Grandland. Like you look at the way that Carolina hits, they hit against the boards. They don't really hit the open ice very much. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Grimaldi is like he doesn't really – if he gets trapped, he's he's gritty. Like we've seen Grimaldi go end-to-end, go behind the net, and then get hit, lose possession of the puck, get possession back, and score a goal because that's the kind of determination he has. Like we don't see that from anybody else right now. I, I mean in terms of like the hunger, like – Rocco Grimaldi shows greater hunger than any of those guys. So the thing for me is like, if you were to say like, let's put a Grimaldi back in the lineup, then I would say, you know, let's put him along the lines of a Hala or someone else that can really, especially Hala. Hala's face-off percentages have been, oh, yeah, right. he's been doing incredible in the circle. But in terms of like, if someone's going to hit, you know, especially like Carolina, if they're going to hit along the boards, Rocco Grimaldi is the kind of speed and the kind of just quickness that can avoid some of those hits. And mm-hmm. he can make them hurt themselves more than they hurt him. And so, that's kind of my thing is, I mean, Brad Richardson, yeah, he can take the hits, but really he's not bringing anything to your offensive game. But no. um, there was a player, uh, Brendan, uh, Dr. Pepper uh, on Twitter who, uh, or Brendan Page is, uh, I guess his actual name, but um, had some very interesting line combinations. He, he calls his bold lines for game three and I want to read these to you guys and see what you think about them. I, I like them. They're bold, but they are, I, I really do like them. I think they I see where he's going with it. And I like the idea. Um, his top line is Forsberg, Granlin, Tolvanen. Second line is Grimaldi, Halla, and Cunnan. Third line is John Croak, Johansson, and uh, Duchesne or RV. Uh, and then th- fourth line is Trenton, Sissons, Janot. So he's not breaking up the herd line. And then his pairings are Yossi Carrier, which is very interesting to me because they're very oh, similar okay. in their game. Ekholm Ellis, which is really nice and balanced. And then you have Ferenc and Fabro, which is a, a fast and, and pretty good puck handling defensive pairing. Uh, and then obviously Saros and Net. So that, that line, those line combinations – that intrigues me. I mean, at this point, it's like what we have has not been working. So no. I wouldn't mind if something like that rolled out. If we're going to change, let's do something that's creative like that because realistically, like what we have right now is stagnant and stale. Yeah. And I really was not happy. I mean, you would think when you put Johansson, Arvidsson, and Forsberg together, that would be a stellar combination. But it was disappointing to see that he did it two games in a row when it didn't really yeah. produce anything the first time. And it's like, you really need to – you should be able to put those guys together and count on them to produce, and it's just something's wrong, and they just they just can't. And that's, that's, that's the I think, one of the major problems with what's going on right now is these guys aren't producing. So Well, and realistically, like he had, you know, a, 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 when Tolley was on that top line with uh, Forsberg and, and Johansson, mm-hmm. that was a good line. It was creative. Yeah, it, was. It, was, it, was, it was, you know, offensively dangerous, more dangerous than – Arvidsson, I, I love Arvidsson. I love what he's done for this franchise. I think that you know, he's one of our, our greats, but at the same time, like we have to recognize that we can still love him and recognize he lost a step, that he is not the oh, same yes. player that he was from 2017, 18, uh, even really 19. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and right now, Tolvanen, yes, he's in a slump, but I feel like once he get, he's going to get out of that slump and return to form. Arvidsson, I'm not sure. I, I, I have not seen anything to really suggest otherwise other than the hat trick game. 
but really that seems more like an anomaly than than some consistency. Even with Tolvin right. and slump, like Tolvin and still created Tolvin and shot selection. Look at that statistic alone. Tolvin has better shot selection. I mean, Rocco or not Rocco, uh, Victor last night. Arbitron, yeah. He sent one in from like two feet off of the blue line, and I was like, dude, what are you doing, yeah. man? Like, yeah, like, and yeah, yeah. It, it was it was immediately glove saved, and, and then it was dumped out into the corner, and they 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 went back on offense. I was like, what are we doing? Like, that's not going to create yeah. some more chances because there's nobody to get the rebound. There was nobody mm-hmm. there to even get on the forecheck. It was just like, dude, what is that? So I was I, I was saying the exact same thing last night. I was like. Oh. Why are you doing like what you just did? Why why did you do that? That's not what you need to do right now. You need to no. don't take a shot because there's nobody down there to get it. You're probably not going to get if there is a rebound, you're not going to get to it anyway. And it's just it's insane we, the, the the choices that they make. And we've we've yet to see Tolvin get back to that form of you know what, what he did, what, how he got his bread and butter, you know, like going down towards the net, crashing the net and getting those nasty goals that may not always look pretty, but man, they were, they were super helpful. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on last night's game, Chad? All right, guys, I'm back. I uh, got <laughs> kicked out. Uh, my uh, computer decided to do an update right when we started the episode. So perfect timing, <laughs> but um, all right. So uh, yeah. So I, I, I didn't really get to hear the, what the guys had to say. Here's, here's my thing. The Preds have this, man. Like, they could have won at least one of these games. Yep. They could have split the series, first mm-hmm. two games. It was there for the taking, and they, they just couldn't. I mean, 0 for 7 on the power play, I mean, come on. That, yeah. That's where it lies. I mean, it's oh. that obvious. But, well, um, I, so I, I asked Rich the question. I got to ask you the same question. Would you prefer? Would you be more embarrassed by a three zero blowout or going zero for seven on the power play? I, I got to say zero for seven on the power play. I mean that is yeah right right yeah. I agree. So and you're seeing all these jokes flowing around from uh, Kane's uh, Twitter, like uh, Sarah Siv, who is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Sarah Siv. And uh, just all of them. And they have every right to make jokes about us right now. Because yep. when you go 0 for 7 on the power play, you're going to get jokes thrown at you. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it kind of feels like, uh, okay, you're down 0-2 right now, right? And I always say this before I got kicked out by my, by my computer. Thank you, computer. <laughs> um, all right. When the road team wins a game, that's when everything changes. So yeah. the Preds can hold serve right now, but I don't. I don't see it happening. I, I called. I called Canes and six. Uh, Rich and uh, Colin, you guys called Preds and six. Uh, I'm yeah. thinking Preds. Pre, I'm thinking Preds in 2022. How's that? <laughs> but uh, I no, I watched the. We had a uh, Eli Farmer, my cousin, right. who's one of the other Predlines riders. He was joining, he yep. was uh, visiting us, and he, uh, we were watching the game together. And by the fifth power play, he was like, "Can we just decline the penalty, <laughs> like like yeah. in the NFL where you can, like, you can like decline a penalty?" It did, right? That's literally we felt how better it felt. five on five. Yeah, it was yeah. better five on five. I was one, and Adam Vinny, I think, posted this. Uh, I forget what the exact stat was, but their expected goals for um, on the penalty kill was higher than our expected goals for on the power play. That's yeah, yeah. that's crazy. It it so. it. It got to that point. So every time the Preds got on the power play, you're like, okay. So the Canes were up one nothing for, 
for a, a good part of the game, and your Preds are getting these power play opportunities. You're thinking, okay, let's let's make it happen. It felt just like game one for a big part of the game. And then yeah. you're seeing all these shorthanded opportunities for the Canes, and you're like, don't take any more penalties. Like, yeah. no. Like, no. We're, we're worse off being a man advantage than being five versus five. That's how bad yeah. it is. Like yeah, it's I mean, it's so hard to watch, and uh, I put I put out the, I put out a tweet, and I am a, I am by no means a big time gamer. I know there's a lot of big gamers out there that are um, experts at Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Call of Duty, uh, NBA 2K, NHL 21. All right, this is what I felt like I was watching last night. NHL 21, the Preds are being controlled by a new gamer that has never played Xbox before, and they're trying to learn the joystick. They're trying to learn the buttons, X, Y, Z, all this stuff, and they're playing against the expert mode. And they're figuring it out. That They're figuring out the controls. They're like, okay, I know how this works. Like, get some shots on the goalie, whatever. Hey, anyone who's played NHL 21 – Expert mode is not going to let you win unless you're perfect. And that's what I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching the Preds playing in expert mode, and there's nothing they could do to win that game. The thing and is, like, 0 for, 0 for 7 on the power play. I mean, what can you do? The thing is, even with a uh, well, this is kind of we, Rich and I were talking about this for a second ago, but thing about it is when I play like NHL 21 on a uh, on my PlayStation if I'm if I'm playing against expert mode and something's not working here, here's a crazy concept my team actually changes what they're doing and tries to do something else <laughs> I mean well, there if, you if, go. if the power play if the power play isn't working maybe don't skate the puck in a circle and and pass it stagnantly to player to player or maybe don't you know try to do the dump and chase maybe try to cycle a little bit what a novel concept but that was the thing that me and Richard are talking about is the fact that We've seen some of these things before, and it's nothing new. Like everything that we're seeing, as far as our problems, is not new to this Predators team. But the fact that there's still problems, and that we still have not looked at it. I mean, um, we, we Rich and I were talking about this, but like, okay, if you're seeing something that's not working for four tries, by the fifth try, like you should probably try something else. Anything else? Awesome. I mean, at that point, you put out the herd line on the power play. But, I mean, we just never – we never changed all seven times. It so, was hey, the same approach. Mm-hmm. While, while I was out, so the, my computer knocked me out for all the listeners who were joining <laughs> late here. Um, I know Rich and Colin held down the fort. But um, – tried. Did, yeah. did you guys talk – did you guys talk about the pizza party? No. Oh, no, no. Yeah, we were going to talk about Word on the street is that John Hines threw a pizza party for the <laughs> Preds for playing their hearts out in that game. You gotta be freaking kidding me. <laughs> okay, oh, I, I'm kind of make. Okay, okay, I'll be okay. honest. I'm making that up. I'm making that up. Okay, thank, thank, thank goodness, because I was about to be really concerned. <laughs> but if that was a real headline, if that was a uh, that was like something you read. Would you be that surprised? Um, here's the thing. I mean, at this point, no. Like, well, yeah. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Everyone's talking about how John Hines responded to the media in his press conference. And honestly, me personally, you guys can respond to this as well. I think it's a lot overblown. Um, 
John Hines is a human like all of us. We all go to work every day. We have to do our jobs. Most of us do not have to answer questions every day after our jobs. Especially if no. you're reamed out. <laughs> well, no. I mean, the you thing agree. is, like, you still have to be – like, you're, you're accountable to your bosses. Yeah. And, and while the fans are not the bosses at the same time, like, part of his job is in his description is you answer to the media. Um, yeah. That, yeah. It was, it was a and mess. So, what I'm getting at is, yeah, he came off defensive. He came off like he said, oh, the team played really well and stuff like that. And uh, he's protecting his players in this regard. Like he's not going to come out here and be like, oh, yeah, the team played like crap. The team was horrible. Like he's not going to do that. Not in the middle of the, the playoff thing- series. Well, my thing is like I don't really think it's necessarily like it's on the team. Yes. I mean, they're, they're the guys that are on the ice, but – the system is the flaw. Like that, that we have. I mean, you watch some of these guys skate. Some of these guys play. Like Duchesne should not be in the doghouse. So the Dan Lambert. Skates. So we. So maybe we need to look at Dan Lambert then. I mean, it, it's Lambert, but I think that also like the five on five wasn't much better either, in terms of our offensive approach to the game. Like we were not. It looks the same. It, it's the dump and chase. It's the lazy yeah. neut- neutral zone play. It is the the players. I was we, we were watching. Uh, I forget which game it was after our game last night, but it was like uh, watching. I think it might have been the the Capitals and the um, oh, who was it? Uh, the Bruins. Bruins. Watching them them pass from from play to play, where they're when they're when they're circling, even if they do this the perimeter circle, every player is moving. Nobody stands still mm-hmm. and waits for the puck to get to them. Whereas with us, we stand in place and pass and pass and pass, and eventually, like that's so predictable. Of course, someone's gonna pick it off or poke check it away, like. We there's nothing creative about the offense whatsoever. There's nothing interesting. The only thing, and this is what really kind of show you know highlights it to me, is that if if our play if our power play was so dependent on one person and one person alone for it to be successful, that's a problem. I think Ellie Tolvanen, love him to death. I think that he is going to be the future of this franchise. But if you look at Ellie Tolvanen, if he, if if we are so reliant that if it's if he's not scoring goals then we aren't getting power play when we're not producing on the power play. That is a problem. And that's where we're at right now is that realistically, yeah. you know, outside of him and maybe a Philip Forsberg on the power play, nobody on the second unit scoring. There's nothing that looks interesting about it. It's the same thing, expecting different results. And, and realistically, we've watched this all season long. It's not even just a playoff issue. It's something that we've seen. And I think probably Carolina watched some tape and they figured it out. Yeah. yeah. So I watched, I watched that interview or the, the, the press conference and it was pretty cringy, but in, then, I, like Chad said, I was thinking, like, he just got, you know, handed a loss. His team is not playing well. I just – it's I think it's tough for him to be, you know, cordial after after that or whatever. It was it was, it was was not a good look for him, but I get – I kind of give him a pass because the reason I – the reason I do, and that's probably not a – probably not a popular opinion with anybody, but he navigated them through that turnaround – and those guys like bought into that system and like they were, they were executing well, they, they did everything they were supposed to. And I read an interview, um, an article that Adam Bingen wrote and he said that Hines took all the forwards and showed them video of like Steven Stamkos and all the top yeah. forwards in the NHL was like, watch these guys on both ends of the ice. Why, why can you guys not do that? Well, and they finally, he finally got them turned around but, yeah. but now, and, and I will also say he shouldn't have messed with the lines, but it's like 
I, I put the majority of it on the players because they're not yes. executing the like your your Forsbergs, your Deshanes, all those guys, Arvidsson. They're just not. They're just not cutting it. They're not stepping up. So the, well, let me say something real quick, Colin. Real quick. Uh, so the blame game is swirling around Nashville right now. We're all we all want to find a reason for why the Preds are where they are right now, right? And I got to tell you, it's a product of the last three playoff appearances. It, if the Preds aren't first-round playoff exits in the last three seasons, then we're looking at this current playoff series as, you know what, we're running against a really good team. They're better than us. They have more talent. Hey, tip your cap. We ran into a buzzsaw. But yep. Preds fans well, are Preds fans are fed up right now because yeah. we've been running with this same lineup, regurgitating it. Same lineup. We're sick of it. it. It doesn't mean that Ryan Johansson is a bad person. It doesn't mean that Matt Duchesne is a bad person. It doesn't mean that uh, Victor Arvidsson, all these guys. But we've been seeing these same players constantly. And I'm sorry, but the – the uh, playoff participation trophy is over with. Th- these Preds fans expect more, and I, I see where they're coming from because uh, I'm one of them. We're done with this, oh, you made the playoffs, golf clap, we're happy for you. No, it's over. And so even though we didn't think the Preds were going to make the playoffs, I think a big reason why fans are fed up is they see this same crop of players, this same core group, playing right now and they're still giving us the same results and so that's why i don't think it's fair that we're pulling on well, john hines so much because no, well so here's here's my thing about that though is i kind of go back to like the laviolette firing right so when when that firing happened david Poole said i'm only firing laviolette because i can't fire the team right. and that's kind of we're kind of in that same spot now I will give it to John Hines. Like maybe it's just the fact that this team is not composed the way that his system needs to run because these guys do not look comfortable in that system. They I, they might have bought it in to a certain degree, but does it maximize their skill set? Does it maximize the skill set of a Matt Duchesne, of a Rocco Grimaldi, even or you know some of these other guys, even Victor Arvidsson? I would say no. I, I don't think it does. But you know, is it you know John Hines' fault for accepting the job? I don't know, but at the end of the day, like you're a leader of men and your example that you're setting at that podium, it matters. The example that you set for the fan base, if you want people to buy tickets, it wasn't just insulting the reporters. It felt it felt, it felt insulting to fans to be patronized like that, to be say, to say you know, we played really hard. We had a lot of heart. Where was it? I didn't see it. I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, we didn't score on seven power play opportunities. We didn't score at five on five. Like we yeah. – got embarrassed and realistically it was it looked boring it wasn't even that we were it looked like we were trying it wasn't that we looked like we really put forth an honest effort and so you know i don't think that that john hines is is you know completely the the sole bearer of this i think that is 100 also on david Poyle, who made the hire but also who has constructed this team who patronized the fan base and is saying you know this is going to be a youth movement and we didn't get that without injury we don't see the youth movement um, I, it, it's a combination, but the leadership at the end of the day, like our expectations have changed. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not sorry. Really, after 2017, we became a fan base that is expecting of we're going to make deep runs in the playoffs and we're going to be a cup contender, and that's what I we need to be. We're not that. there. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're not there, it's 2012 even, I would say, is probably where the fan base really started to say we should be competing for a cup. But if we're not there, don't patronize us. Tell us like it is. Tell us, hey, that was a crap performance and we should be better. You know, at least be honest with us. I'd be less honest if I felt like I wasn't, wasn't being lied to or, you know, talk to you as a fan like I'm a child and don't understand the game. It was almost yeah. It was almost like he was having technical difficulties and didn't really understand what was going on. Because I, I, it was so weird because he was like, we played a good game. And if you look at it technically to hold Carolina to one goal for the majority of a whole game, it wasn't like – Because of UC Soros. Exactly, like, exactly. It wasn't like totally bad, but then, you know, the end result was bad. It's just the like, – Like the, the, the over the seven on the power play was bad. And it's just yeah. – I think – so like if you look at when, when – when Lamillette was the coach, you look at this, he's, he's they basically had this same group of players – for all these years, and they're not able to, to do anything. Trot, Barry Trotz goes to the Islanders. Look at where they're at. Look how they're playing. Yeah. Bobby Lett goes to Washington. Look at them. Look how they're playing. You know, I mean, so, like, it's, it's, I think there's something inherently wrong with this group of players. They don't really so have I, a true uh, superstar like they got Forsberg. Yeah. So I'm right there He's with it. you, Rich. I'm right there with you, Rich. I put out an article today on Predlines.com talking about did we really keep the band together for this? And I'm not trying to be a, an asshole when I put that article out there, but it, it, it's true because this is what we were all fearful of. We were we were happy. We're like, oh, we're getting playoff hockey. This is great. But it comes with an asterisk. It comes with, okay, you're making the playoffs. Yeah, you get to see your team on CNBC. We don't even get on NBC Sports Network. We're on CNBC, but um, <laughs> the Bally sports people are way better anyway, so we're okay with that. But my point yeah. is um, we're, we're in the playoffs, right? That's great. Awesome. Great. I'm so past trophy. that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a participation trophy. Like, congratulations, you made it. But I feel like, and I put this in my article, we kept the band together for this, and we're the players that we had a chance – a trade away for assets for future assets are the ones that aren't showing up right now. So it's I like, mean, look, how, look how long we held on to Kyle Turris. I mean, we could have gotten something for him if we had tried trading him two years ago instead of waiting until this offseason. But the fact the that players, PK Subban, the, yeah, the players we could have traded away at the trade deadline are the mm -hmm. ones that if they were were performing on a high level right now, mm -hmm. they could be pushing us over the, over the top and maybe giving UC Soros some goal support right now. But, no, we're in the playoffs. Give you a pat on the back. John Hines, pizza party. Let's have a good time. We had a great performance today, for, today boys. And guess what? Ryan Johansson, he's out there saying, I can't wait to come back to Bridgestone Arena which that feels nice. Thank you for saying that, Ryan Johansson. But guess what? We need you to play like a top-line center because yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, the filter's gone. I mean, we're here. But you're saying everything that should have been said in that press conference, though, right? Like, the thing is, we were, we were talked down to, and it was one of those things where he just sat up there and, and – you're saying everything he should have said. He should have taken ownership for this stuff. He should have said, our expectation isn't that we're going to just get into the playoffs. Our expectation isn't that we're going to play a good game. Our expectation is that we're here to win. And if we're not winning, someone's not doing their job and it has to fall on someone. And it starts at the top. 
And it's not only that. I think, I mean, David Boyle, man, I can't wait to hear that press conference at the end of the season. I mean, if, it, if we can somehow find a way to claw our boys out of this, great. But if not, he's there's going to be a lot of people that are saying, okay, retire well, now. Let's it's talk time. about this. Let's talk about this real quick. All right. We're, 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 we're laying out the criticism here, which is deserved. And we're, we're, we're fired up right now. We should be. I got kicked out of the Zoom for a little bit. So um, you got, you got, you got a little bit of Colin and Rich, and you didn't get me, which is fine because guess what? Sometimes I get annoying. And for some, for some of you people, you're like, golly, I hope he doesn't come back. But uh, either way, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry for Sorry, you. Man. But, um, but in all seriousness, all right. So the game was rough. Uh, but guess what? It's 2 0. They're coming back home. And we know how Bridgestone Arena gets. We need these fans to come out here buzzing because this is the yeah. first time we've had playoff hockey since I wrote down the date, April 20th, 2019. Mm-hmm. It's the last time we had a playoff game in Nashville against the Dallas Stars. Prez lost that game. It was game five, and then they turned around and they lost in game six. So, um, well, yeah. I will say, like, the, the CNBC's coverage, they're, they're saying, you know, man, Carolina's fans, they sure sound loud. Oh, here. I'm like, God. That, that is nothing compared to Bridgestone. Spare and me. Even with, even with 435 fan, you know, uh, fans less than what we're going to have capacity-wise, we're still going to sound twice as loud. There's nothing exactly. compared so to here's, a rowdy Bridgestone arena. Yep. So here's what we're giving to our Preds fans right now. The ones that listen to the podcast, the ones that are watching right now, um, we need you guys to you guys and we need y'all to step up right now. We need y'all to show what it's like to have a playoff atmosphere right now because we know you can do it. We know you're some of the best fans in sports, and uh, even though the team's down two zero, let, let Preds steal game three. If UC Soros steals game three, because that's really how I feel like it's going to have to go. Mm-hmm. But if UC Soros steals game three, I'm sorry, but we're all talking a different tune. That's how it yep. works in the playoffs. So we're all we're all downtrodden right now. We're all ticked off because the Preds are down 2-0 to a team who me personally picked to go to the Stanley Cup before the season started. That doesn't make me a smart person. That's just they're a good team. They are. Yeah. It's not like we're losing the scrubs here. Yeah. But no. what's Go ahead. What's, let me finish my thought real quick. What's frustrating is the Preds are self-inflicting themselves right now. They mm-hmm. are doing it to themselves. Both games, they had a chance to win going into the third period. So that's that's the frustrating part. And the reason why they had a chance was mainly because of UC Soros. And so you talk about – you go back to that press conference and uh, Joe Rexroad, even though his question is being criticized, and I think Joe Rexroad is a uh, great journalist. I think – I love following him. I would love to have him on the podcast someday. Uh, if he's listening, please tweet the podcast. Even though maybe the question is getting criticized right now, I thought it was a fair question. Yep. Was UC Soros's performance squandered? I think it was. It's a fair question. It is, but the squandering was because of the performance of the other guys. Like, yeah, they they didn't step up. Like, no matter what Hines says in any kind of 
you know, during intermission or whatever, when it comes down to it, your Forsbergs, your Duchesnes, those guys have to make plays. They have to play better and step up and be professionals. They, they and do. And, but my thing is, is also the morale of the team. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously like, Roman Yossi is your captain through and through, and I would never take that away from him. But I think that it has to come from someone else in terms of – like we watch – I'm watching the Vegas-Minnesota uh, game right now. Vegas actually clawed their way back in. They started down 2 nothing. They're now 3-2. But oh, Vegas and the Wild, both teams, when you watch them play, and really some a lot of other playoff teams, they look like they are desperate for goals. They absolutely. look like they would be willing to cut off their arm to get, to get a goal. I don't see that in us. I don't see the sense of urgency. Even when it was getting when we were down to the final minutes and it was one zero. I mean, the sloppy passes when we had the when we brought on the extra attacker after we pulled you know after we pulled UC, like it just something the 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 culture is not there. I think is the best way to put it. And for me, you know, I go back to what Chad said about, was this really what it was? What, is this worth it? I, I look at last night, the way that press conference went with John Hines, I felt a lot of arrogance in that. I thought a lot of hubris in that. And it's the same way I feel about David Poyle after his post, after looking back now, after the post-trade deadline conference, conference, uh, post-trade deadline, sorry, in general, when, when he was on that press conference, he said, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in this team. It felt more like hubris than true confidence at this point, because it's like, well, yeah, you assembled it. Your signature's on it, man. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, if this is our, if this is our ceiling, that's not going to get it done for, for a fan base that yeah. is, is starved and has seen higher highs. Like once you experience it, I'm sorry, that becomes the new ceiling is, you know, the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup Finals, and really the Stanley Cup. Like we came that close to it, so this isn't going to do it. Yes, they've made progress, and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, if we're not competing for the cups, if we're not competing for banners, I know, I know our our Smashville faithful love banners. Then something's got to change, and maybe it's a culture shift postseason. Um, I don't know if John Hines is the guy that's going to lead that culture. I don't know. If, I don't think David Boyle is. I honestly think it is time for him to retire. Um, I think there are good general manager candidates out there. I think there may be even some coaching candidates that are still out there, but realistically, like there has to be some change somewhere, somehow. I think Jeff Keaty also needs to go because I know he was one that kind of pushed Heinz to, or pushed Poyle to hire Heinz, you know, within that really quick time span. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, like, like fly Chad said, it doesn't become a series until the away team wins. Um, we got to yeah. show up. Smashville has an arena and an atmosphere like unlike any other. Yeah. We can ship, we can turn the tide of this. So let's do what it. Sucks, though, real quick, what sucks is they did have that identity when they turned around, though. That's that's the disappointing part. That's yeah. what yeah. Is, is the biggest bummer of this whole thing. Like they fought their way back, they clawed into, you know, they clawed their way back up. They had an identity, they were tough, and then they just, and now it's, it's, so the, it's gone. And that's what's bad. So the, yeah. so, so the finger pointing is. The finger pointing is going all the way around. Like everyone's trying oh, to figure out who's to blame. I think it's a shared blame. I really do. Everyone, but <laughs> everyone, yeah, it, it goes all the way around, except for UC Soros. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll leave him out of this. But other than that, the blame game really goes all the way around. But uh, we shared a poll before game two. In retrospect, let's go back and look at it. Uh, we said, other than UC Soros, which press player? needs to step up the most tonight to help push the team to victory. Because here's my thing. Okay, they the Canes have their top players. They have their guys who can push them to victory. Sebastian Ajo is, is scored two goals. Great playmaker. They had a rookie goaltender. He played great. 
Like, yeah, they have guys who, uh, uh, you know, stall. Like, all these guys can push them over the hump. But the Preds' top players, you know, yeah, Phil Forsberg scored the first goal in game one. That's great. But for the most part, the Preds' top players, their core players, they're MIA right now. Like, I'm looking for them. I'm trying to find them. Like, really? Like, why is Eric Holla one of our best players right now? Like Forsberg did get one goal. I'll give him that. I'll give Forsberg one. He had that one goal. But yeah, he scored the one him. goal. He was he was in the right area. He scored. But I mean, nobody else is I, there. Nope. I'm tired of the coddling. I'm tired of the. Um, oh well, analytically speaking, this player played pretty well. Look at his offensive zone entries, or look at his. No, I'm over. Right. Produce. Do something. Yeah. Like, because I'm seeing other teams, I'm seeing other teams in the playoffs and their top players, they are producing, they are scoring goals. They are making things happen. So why are our guys not doing it? That's what it comes down to. We just don't have, we just don't have the superstars like these other teams. So let me, that's a big thing. But let me, let me. There's something inherently wrong with this group of players. And I think, I think in the off season that, they're going to have to do something because well, that's you, why you, try, you can't trot this team out again. Yeah. Well, and that's why everyone wanted to sell at the, in the first place at the trade deadline because we we saw this coming. This was like yeah. you didn't need a crystal ball to know like, okay, yeah, let's say we make the playoffs. Because at the trade deadline, we were making that push. We thought it was yeah. possible. And so everyone was talking, okay, the Preds are winning these games. Should they – should they sell or should they move forward? And David Poyle decided to keep the keep the team in together, which is yeah. fine. And yes, the Preds went on this exciting run. They beat the Stars. We loved it. They knocked the Stars out of the playoffs and all this stuff. Let me share the poll results real quick. Um, so again, oh, yeah. I said other other than UC Soros, which Preds player needs to step up step up the most tonight? to help push the team to victory. This was going into game two. And uh, you can only put four choices, but we also left the comments available if you had a player that was not one of the four choices. But uh, we had Roman Yossi, Phil Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and Matthew Shane as our four choices. Roman Yossi had 36%. Phil Forsberg had 17%. Ryan Johansson had 21%. And Matt Duchesne had 26%. So it was it was a pretty close uh, race there. And let me first say that not one player is going to carry this team on their own. But the point of that question was, you've got these top players who are highly skilled, highly paid, the core of the team. And one of these players has to, like, do what we see on other teams. Well, the thing is, okay, so we, we have, have to see a player yeah. take over. We say we said you know we don't have a, a superstar necessarily like a Marshawn or you know like an Ovechkin, but the thing Roman is we Yossi do have a superstar. a superstar. That's what I'm getting at. Is we do have a superstar. I'm sorry, he's not the traditional you know your forward superstar, but he's an offensive minded defenseman who can produce. And let's be honest, through two games, he has looked terrible. I yeah. love Yossi. He is looked. Ooh. He is not. He's supposed to be a top five defenseman in the league. 
hasn't looked a lick of it. Uh, and I love Yossi, but I'm, I don't know what's going on, but like that, it starts there. And maybe he's got to drop, you know, a couple F bombs and not accidentally drop. I mean, go, go full, full steam ahead. Yossi. <laughs> you say that effort until you are angry and pissed off and you put the puck in the net and you keep our, you keep our guys fired up, but he's not like good. And, and Ellis, same thing. But I mean, Roman Yossi is your superstar. Roman Yossi has not produced. We need to see it. Yeah. And Philip Forsberg is on the cusp of being a superstar. And, yes, he did score that first goal in the first game. But you take out that one goal, Phil Forsberg's been kept quiet. And, and where is Ryan Johansson? I love Ryan Johansson. I love the person he is. I, I have no ill will towards this, this man. But he's not he, is a, sure. he is he's a first-line center. A first-line center. And I don't see him. He's like let me, non-existent. Let me, Why am I... I, let me rephrase what I meant. Maybe I meant we need an elite forward. That, that, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Roman Yossi because I'm like Colin. I love him. Why, he, why, he had I, bad game. why, why am I seeing, why am I seeing more of Tanner Janot? Why am I seeing more of uh, Eric Hollett? Why am I seeing more of these players making plays? Than I am Ryan Johansson, your first line center. It's a problem, really? and I love the guy. He's a great guy. I will cheer for him no matter what team he goes to. He's a great guy, but he—it's not working anymore. It's not. It's—it's just—it's not. This team's not going to win a cup. So yeah. what are we? What are we really hoping for right now? Are we hoping that we can get get this to six games? Are we hoping we can like? Shut the Canes fans up a little bit because they're having fun right now. Those Canes fans, man, they're, they're and they deserve it. They, they do deserve, deserve it, it. but they're the shooting out all the. I mean, they're shooting out all the jokes. They're having all this fun on social media, and um, so w- where do we come out of this right now? Do we just hope that we can get this to six games, which was which was my prediction, which I don't even feel confident in my prediction anymore. Um, like, well, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm being painfully honest right now, like. I need to see I, something from this team. I need them to show me something. I think when we were talking about it before, none of us really expected them to win the Stanley Cup. We we yeah. knew that going into this. And I think – I'm pretty sure we all said, like, for this to be a semi-successful season, the way it started, I think we said that just get into the playoffs. And anything past that is is good. It's just – you just want them to perform better. Time out. Have a what better show. Can I throw a timeout real quick? Timeout. Rich, we were okay with making the playoffs if the Preds made the right – the Preds front office made the right decisions at the trade deadline to address the future, yeah. which they didn't do. It's one thing if they address the future and we still make the playoffs and then we get swept. But guess what? You address the future. You address the long-term effects of this roster. But instead – the Preds kicked the can down the road. They decided, you know what? We're going to keep this group together because we love them and they're dear to our hearts. And, oh, we love the Jofa line. Remember 2017? Remember how great it was? That That's how it feels. It's like they don't want to let go. And it's like you got to let go. You have to let go. It was a gamble that he took. And if it would have paid well, off, he looked like a genius, but now it, it's not going to pay off for him. 
So but that's the thing know. is, I think that that speaks to the arrogance of David Poyle, though. And he's shown right. that arrogance before. He's shown it in the off season. He's shown it in, you know, pretty much the trade deadline. He's showing it now. But realistically, mm-hmm. like we didn't. Yes, we would have been happy getting the playoffs. But to me, there's a difference between making the playoffs and and getting embarrassed. I mean, yeah, right. at this point, if we get swept out, we didn't make the playoffs in my eyes. No. I mean, like you you have to win a game. You have to show up. You have to do something, make something competitive to really say like we were in the playoffs. Otherwise, we were basically a practice, you know, practice exhibition series for them en route to playing either a Tampa or a Florida. Like that's not mm-hmm. nobody takes yeah. that seriously. Nobody nobody there's no nothing in the record books that for heart. I'm sorry. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. show up in the stat and line. It, so yeah. And it that's is true. a product though also of what we've seen over the last three playoff appearances. You know, you got the Preds. They they lose in game seven to the Winnipeg Jets after they won the President's Trophy. Ever that was a crushing playoff exit right there. Because everyone felt like the Preds were back. Like, okay, we lost in six games to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're coming right back. Like, we're not losing. We kept this same band together for two thousand for that run. Won the President's Trophy. Yeah. 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 You had the, you had, you made that run. David Poyle made his moves. He made his trade, the deadline moves. And then you, you lose game seven to the Winnipeg Jets. And then you go into 2019 and you face the Dallas Stars team that everyone expected to beat. I'll be honest. I did too. We, and we were still Central Division champions. Yeah, Yeah. But they, they knock us out in six games. Right. And so it's a slow build. And then you get to the Stanley Cup qualifiers last year. Lose in four games, mm-hmm. right? Was it four one, games? One, five, then yeah. one, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you lose to the Arizona Coyotes. That Coyotes team was not a good team. No, and they got rolled in the next round. It was it was such an embarrassment. <laughs> and, yeah. again, UC Soros kind of got left out to dry. He, he, he didn't have his best series, but it wasn't his fault either you're watching this on repeat and you're mm-hmm. wondering what is David Poyle seeing where he feels like he keeps his team together where he just thinks, Oh, they're just magically, we're going to snap our fingers and this, this isn't going to happen again. That was my biggest problem. That's why people are fed up right now. It's not so mm-hmm. much that the Carolina hurricanes who are a great team who might win the Stanley cup. It's not so much that we're losing to them right now. At least for me, it's not. It's it's pent up anger over the last three playoff performances that I just mentioned. That's yeah, I mean, you look what's at, pent up right now. You look at the history, and we went from Stanley Cup Finals to President's Trophy. You know, and we got beat by a more physical team. Let's just be honest. That's that's what that was. It wasn't even necessarily that they had more. They had better well, scores. And, and Pecorino had a horrible series. Pecorino did, did not have a good series either, but he did. He did, but they beat. They beat. Uh, they hit us hard, and so that was really where yeah. we came in up with that we needed for me to improve physically. Next year, after that, we still win the Central Division. 2019, like people forget, 2019 we were still Central Division champs, and yet we get bounced by Dallas. And like yep. you said last year, it's just it's rehashing. We are regressing into ourselves in terms of what our expectations are as a team, and it's not acceptable. That's why people are ticked off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, we 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 have Nashville's different now. We're no longer the the fan base that's still learning the game, you know. And I know that you know Hurricane, not even Hurricanes, but just fans in general like to make the joke about well, how you know we publish in the newspaper. Here are some ways to follow the hockey game and how to learn about hockey. 
but we're no longer we're no longer that fan base. We know about the sport. We know it very well. We know what we're watching on the ice. We know when it's bad a bad product on the ice. It's no longer that we're oogling and ogling over big hits. Like we want to see some goals. We want to see a team that's competitive. We haven't had it, and so and it comes down to the culture. It really does. It is a uh, we are not hungry enough. We don't look hungry enough. The guys look like they need to be coddled. Um, there's no accountability. The players aren't working. We're too afraid to sell off assets that need to be sold off. And then they depreciate in value. I mean, the thing is, if we had gotten rid of Kyle Turris after 2018, someone would have taken him and that mm-hmm. money with that contract potentially. We're saddled with that now. I mean, it's it's eventually, David Boyle, I appreciate your service. Thank you, sir. Time to move on. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, so let me say this real quick to wrap up this segment. Again, we're heated up. We're fired up. My computer's already uh, pretty much crapped out on me tonight. So uh, <laughs> it, it pretty much went the way of the Predators in uh, game two is my computer. But uh, it's okay because I'm back here with you. And um, here, here's my thing. Uh, game three can change everything. They can. If, if yep. UC Soros can steal a game, then – Maybe we're talking a different tune, but either way, this team's not going to win a cup, most likely. So we have to ask ourselves, did we, did David Poyle mortgage the future of this franchise when it comes to saying, okay, we just made the playoffs, congratulations. And that's what, that's why the fan base is so upset right now is because we're seeing this performance over the first two games against the Carolina Hurricanes, and fans feel like, okay, yeah, congratulations, you made the playoffs, but what is this really for? Like, this team makes the playoffs every year. Seven straight playoff uh, appearances. Like, the last time this team didn't make the playoffs was 2014 when we let Barry Trotz go. So it's like, what is this really for? We're used to making the playoffs it's not about that anymore. So it's like, that's why fans are upset. And I understand why they're upset. They have every right to be. Well, and they use that as, you use that as, as ownership. When you look at, you know, when ownership has a conversation with him, they look at this and go, okay, you hired Hines. Maybe it was not the right fit. Probably too hasty. You didn't do anything at the trade deadline when we had assets to sell off. That's probably a problem. Like he had, he is, he has tied himself to these decisions Mm -hmm. where I think that he he can't he can't get out of it. He is there's no there's no passing the buck on why he didn't trade away some of these assets for a future where we can actually have sustainable success. There's no you know you can't you were the one that made the Heinz hire. Nobody else made that hire for you. This is all on his shoulders and he has to eat yeah. it. And I think that's going to come. And that's why I get that's why I sometimes I get angry about how everyone uh, piles on Heinz, which I'm he is the coach and he's the one that does certain things has certain decisions. I get it. But it really is above him. And I'm really on the train right now of as much as I love David Poyle, this guy has made some really bad decisions lately. And it's time to go. It's time to move on. It's time for a new vision. I wrote this in my article. I said, how much of a breath of fresh air is it going to be when this team, quote, unquote, cleanses itself and trades off some of these at some of these players and starts to build something new. Well, and I was talking as to much as we love these players. I love Arvidsson. I love Johansson. I love all these guys. It doesn't mean I don't like them. And I don't appreciate everything they've done. But, no, no, but at a certain point, you have to move on. 
I mean, no, no offense to, to David Poole. Like this, I'm not saying it's a young man's game, but by any means, but you have to be able to adapt with the game. And I was talking to one of my friends, and he said this team is still assembled like it was assembled in 2008. When you look at yeah. the style, it does yeah. not resemble a modern NHL contender and what you need to be a contender in today's modern NHL. And if you're not willing to adapt, if you're not willing to change your style as far as your approach to, as a general manager and assembling a roster, but also like looking at the system of play and how we're playing. It's time to go. I, 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 we can we can hold an episode where we are thankful. We should we share our highlights of, uh, you know, David Poe's career. But at the end of the day, like, we ha- we ha- we yeah. can't accept this mediocrity. And I think, like you said, with with Hines, like he, I mean, he's probably it was a hasty hire or whatever. But I think the problem is above him with Poe. Oh yeah, and below him with this team. It, he's just a product of you know he's caught he's caught in the middle. Like he's trying to get these guys to do you know, what they need to do and they're not doing it. But then, you know, you look at some of the questionable decisions he makes, but like it's, he's given this team by Poyle and the, and the team's not producing. So it's just, yep. it's they're going to have to like, if, if, if they don't do something next year, it's, that's, that's just going to be horrible. I mean, this is going to be let's, very uh, disappointing. Let's move on from this segment here. Cause we still got game three uh, on Friday night back in Nashville. Like I always say, let's see if the let's see if the home team can hold serve. Let's see if the Preds can. Because let's be honest, games one and two, Preds had both opportunities to win a game. I don't think the Hurricanes have played their best game yet. That's the most frustrating part about this. Yep. Like so, to wrap this segment up, the Preds have to figure something out. Get behind the home crowd. Game three. Let's say they make it 2-1. Let's see what happens. Crazier things have happened. We're not saying give up on this team completely, but there is a lot of anger and, and ticked off people, and we're we're three of them right here watching right now and listening. So we're right there with you. But let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. This is episode 46 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you, brought to you by DraftKings. And, of course – you have the opportunity right now to hammer the over on your uh, basketball bet right now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. Every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager. One one per customer. Offer ends uh, May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Please call one 800 Gambler or an Indiana 1-800-9 with it. So, again, go out there and bet on the over. And the more people that do it, the better chance you have of winning some money on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And if you're not into basketball, you can do daily fantasy on hockey, on UFC. It's a lot of fun, and you can have a lot of fun with our promo code. So let's go ahead and look over the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs real quick. Again, this is uh, Chad Mitten with Colin Bluen and Rich Howe 
your host of the Catfish and Ice podcast, and this is episode 46. We love having you all join us tonight, and we appreciate you downloading the podcast and giving us all the support. Um, so here we go. Uh, so uh, I think we're all really struggling today because uh, Mr. Uh, Craig Smith, Mr. Smitty, I'm not scored the, yeah, I'm scored happy the for game. Him. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Yes, let me reword that. We're not struggling because we're not happy for him. We're struggling because FOMO, FOMO. FOMO. It was kind of like it was kind of like, oh yeah, insult to injury. Not only could we not score a goal on the power play, but here you got uh, Craig Smith, the player that the Preds somehow didn't want to keep, score the game winner for the Boston Bruins in their series. And so uh, that goes back to our our talk we were just having about David Poyle about like some of these decisions he's making mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so uh, Craig Smith scores the game winner, double overtime to beat the Capitals. So good for him, happy for mm-hmm. him. Uh, what are the, what are the, some other uh, playoff uh, standouts you guys got for the rest of the uh, playoffs? Because so I got to tell you, it's been fun. What was cool, what was funny about, the, about that Bruins-Capitals game is when uh, Craig Smith got that goal, Alex Ovechkin was ticked off. He was like – I on the bench and he broke his stick and really? he like, yeah, he, and he cursed at, uh, he cursed at their goaltender or something in Russian. And no. uh, he was, wait a minute, happy. wait a minute, wait a minute, Rich. I thought you were the Russian translator on the show. I don't know what he said. They, well, somebody said he said something that wasn't nice, but I, don't I know we, but wait he, a minute, Rich, wait a minute, Rich. <laughs> we specifically brought you on the catfish and ice uh-huh. podcast as a host to be our Russian translator. And so I'm going to need that exact quote in Russian from Alex Ovechkin. It's, it's not Russian. It was like Mandarin or something. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. It's, you know, I, I, I love it for Smitty. I wish we yeah. had, you know, especially when you see how he did it. Uh, it was determined. It was like a guy that would cut his arm off for a playoff goal. Um, it would be really nice to have that. Anyways, we moved on. We're fine. We're clearly past that. We've had our therapy session. Uh, we are the, the, the series, we are. Uh, I was very happy tonight to see Shea Weber and his Canadians get a win over the Maple Leafs. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a little sad. Awesome. I, I know uh, John Tavares went down with a really brutal injury, but he gave a thumbs oh, up gosh. as he's being carried out. So very happy that he's okay. Uh, hopefully he'll be yes. able to get back into the series because, you know, Maple Leafs have had a great season. I, I want to see them continue to succeed, but also would love to see Shea Weber get a cup as well. Um, another one that was really interesting to me, well, I'd say the most entertaining series for me because it's been the most back and forth and it's had so many different lead changes and, just it's been great hockey and fun hockey to watch is this wild Vegas series. Yes, it is. It is. I am. It is my jam. I'm, I've been like looking over at it. Cause every time I look mm-hmm. over something fun or interesting is happening. Like this yes. is some fun hockey to watch back and forth. Um, it's yeah. Some success for former predator, Nick Bonino. Yes, sir. Yeah. Bonino, Fiala, Fiala, Fiala. Um, yep. a, a lot of those guys. So, it, and so many former pre- predators. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and our, Ryan Hartman scored a goal tonight. Yeah. Ryan Harbin, and well, then you've got uh, the coach of the Wild, who used to be the Milwaukee uh, yep. Admirals coach, so mm-hmm. um, that kind of sings a little bit because they basically are Preds North. But hey, if they can pull it out, good. Uh, I'd like to see them do it this year when they're not in our division, so I don't feel as embarrassed by it. Um, right. And then for me, the last one for me is uh, the hit last night from uh, Nassim Kadir. Like that was that was yeah that was rough. They uh, he's gonna he's probably gonna lose. Uh, well, he decked that guy. It was ugly. 
He did. I mean, how, about, uh, how about uh, Nathan McKinnon getting uh, held scoreless in game one against the Jets? That was kind of a surprise. Or not McKinnon. Um, I'm sorry, McDavid. I'm sorry. Got the oh, names. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Connor McDavid got held scoreless in uh, game one against the Jets. And the Jets won four to one. And I think the big uh, knock on the Oilers is, okay, they're 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 a good regular season team. They've got all the all this top end talent with uh, Drysaitel and with McKinnon and with uh, a lot of good players. But can you uh, put it on the uh, playoffs? Can you actually perform? Can you actually mm-hmm. produce? And, and here you got the Winnipeg Jets coming out, throwing them around a little bit, and they win Game One. So that really stood out to me. Um, also, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. We can confirm. They're a really good team. They are throwing the uh, St. Louis Blues around, which well, maybe maybe really makes me happy to say if, yeah. if if the Preds have to suffer, if we have to suffer and get tossed around by the Hurricanes, then the least you can do for me, hockey gods, is is also toss around the St. Louis Blues. I like what Colin said. Maybe they're just bad. Yeah, maybe maybe some lose bad, but I will say at least like they're getting blown out too. Like we're we're losing some close games. Yeah, Blues are just getting stomped, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I like to watch Jordan Bennington all ticked off. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But I, I'll tell you right now, I would I know it's chalk. I know a lot of people pre- predicted it, but Avalanche, uh, Hurricanes in a Stanley Cup final, which could happen with reseeding. I'm sorry. That will be a crazy fun series to watch. I'm not. That was my prediction. Uh, take it for what you will. But the the purists won't be won't be fans of it. But we will. Yeah, it's, yeah. Too, it's, too, it's, it's two relocation teams. But I so I can get behind yeah. that. But yeah. And uh, we got we got to throw one more thing in here when we're talking about the playoffs. How. How how do we leave this out, guys? This is groundbreaking stuff. The Calgary Flames beat the Vancouver Canucks. No. That's not playoffs. Come on now. <laughs> they're they're That's... pushing hard though. But no, I, I actually said this to, to um, I think it was Eli. <laughs> the fact that those crazy. teams are still competing, like, and they're still yeah. like, That's I mean, crazy, I mean, man. I mean, the Canucks have been long eliminated, and the Canucks are still battling. So yeah, I give them for that. Yeah, I mean, and, like they don't even have the fans in the in the building, so it's like. That's huh. that that that's hockey, doing? true and true, right there. These guys, guys love playing the game. These guys love playing the game. I'm not making fun of them at all. It, I'm really not. Like, but it's just I've never seen anything like it. Where you're, you have a major sports league that's deep into the playoffs, and you still have games going on that are meaningless, and they're they're making them play these games. And I know COVID. Water, water. And I, I know COVID nineteen has a lot to do with it. I know, obviously, I know that um, you have it's to let these guys percentage. lottery percentage. I know there's still oh, ramific- ramifications to it, but it's just it's crazy to see. But uh, congratulations to the Calgary Flames because they did win tonight, six to two. So good yep. for them, or last night I should say. And so uh, good for them. Penguins won tonight. They beat the Islanders. That's not a good result for any of us, but. Um, it's a really fun playoff series. Uh, the Panthers actually got a win tonight. They won mm-hmm. in overtime six to five over the Lightning. Clutched up. Walmart. Yeah, good. So good for them. Good for them. Uh, so the Panthers did it. Why can't we do it? Why can't we go out and well, win game three? 
Panthers did it in Tampa, though, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. did. They did. But I'm that's, just saying. Weird. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. They lost. I was like, go home, losers. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just trying to be positive right now. Hey, we, <laughs> why not us? Why not us? All right. Hey, if, if I. Picture, so, unless like, the president pull off a miracle, just picture like a Hurricanes Tampa game. I mean, right now, none of our series predictions look good right now. I said, I said, Canes and six. I don't even think that looks good right now. So, right now, we really need the Preds to step up and win game three. So, yeah. that's where we're at right now. We're going to have two games to react to next time we talk to y'all. So, y'all buckle up, stay strong. We're here for you. Talk to us on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at Catfish Ice. We are brought to you by DraftKings and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This has been episode 46 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast. We appreciate everyone for listening and for downloading the podcast. Please go rate and review and subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. This is Chad Minton with Colin Blue and Rich Howe. Talk to us on social media and until next time, Go Preds. It's not over. We still got this. Let's link. Hold in. Everyone stay safe and take care, all right? Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Kirko's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change. And at times, unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G-R-I-T, and B-E-A-R-I-T P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts. Part of the Hockey Podcast Network.